Pastor Corby, the youth pastor here at Man on BSC, and uh, I spend most of the time, uh, there's my crew over here, they were going to cheer when I walked out, but I don't know what happened. <laughs> Alec. All right. <laughs> Uh, so we have some fun together every once in a while, uh, but uh, I have the privilege to be here this morning and, and to continue this uh, conversation we're having on a beautiful life. Uh, it's really the, uh, a conversation on the Sermon on the Mount, and the Sermon on the Mount is uh, this message, this series of conversations that Jesus is having with his followers, uh, and, he's, and he's not beating around the bush. Is he? He's like getting right to the point. He's coming right at our hearts and he's saying, if you desire to live a life in alignment with the kingdom, in alignment with what uh, uh, the God has instructed you to do, this is some things you need to do. This is some, some things you need to uh, make, adjustments you need to make in your life, some, some actions you may need to take, some changes you may need to do in order to uh, live uh, a kingdom directed life, uh, a beautiful life. And so this morning we're going to continue the conversation and we're going to talk about uh, this idea of lying. And you might be thinking, well, listen, lying, that's, that's an easy conversation. That's, that everyone knows we shouldn't lie. Uh, however, I think so often we, uh, we deceive ourselves into thinking that we can maybe massage the truth or, or, or kind of manipulate things a little bit in order to make ourselves look better or to avoid consequences of something. And in, in, a sen- in, in, in essence, we're lying to others in, in an attempt to make ourselves look better. And so I think what Jesus is calling us to this morning is a life of integrity, a life of character, a life of living in a way that when we say things, uh, we mean them, and then people can know that what we mean and we say it is true. And so that's this read God's Word this morning, uh, and I'm going to read it first from the New Living Translation and give a little bit of uh, explanation, and then we're going to read it from the message as well, just to uh, give a little bit of different wording in it. So first, the New Living Translation is Matthew 5. Verses 33 to 37. You have also heard that our ancestors were told, You must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. Do not say, by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. Do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the, of the great king. Do not even say, by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say simply, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. And so we we read this and we're like, well, uh, Jesus is talking about vows. Some translations say oaths. uh, And and we we may, in in our uh, 2018 uh, context, may be like, well, I don't really take vows. I don't really do these things. What's he really getting at? And and if you think about the context that Jesus is is talking at, there would have been a lot of transactions happening, maybe some bartering, some some promises being made that I promise this, and I I vow that what I'm giving you or what I'm going to do is what it is. And and in doing those vows, they're basically saying they have control over whatever it is that, that they're vowing about. And so Jesus is saying, okay, don't do that. Don't uh, give, don't give uh, vows to people that maybe aren't true or claim to have uh, ownership or the ability to control things that you have no control over. And so Jesus is saying, you know what, live lives that when you say yes, I will or no, I won't, uh, that's what you mean. And anything else is uh, from the evil one. 
Uh, I love how Eugene Peterson writes this passage, and I'm going to read it from the message, and, and I think it gives a little more, uh, a little bit of a better understanding of what maybe we can, how we can apply it in, in, in our 2018 context. It says this, don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk, saying, I'll pray for you, and never doing it. Or saying, God be with you, and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with, with religious lace and making your speech sound more religious. It becomes less true. Just say yes and no. You may, when you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. And so I think what, what this is speaking to in, in, in a little bit different words is when we uh, say things, when we post things, when we uh, uh, allow our words to be said to people, may the things we say be true and authentic and real. May it speak to the character. May it speak to the, the gospel that uh, we've been changed by. May it speak to the kingdom living that we're desiring to follow. And may we not like, put out smoke screens or, 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 or massage truth or change things just a little bit in order to make ourselves look better or in order to uh, cover up maybe something that we've done wrong. So a question I have for you this morning, and I'm a youth pastor, so I'm going to ask for some interaction this morning. Why do we lie? Why do we, uh, what are some reasons that we feel that it's necessary to exaggerate or stretch the truth or massage the truth in order to do something. Why, why do we lie? What, what do we think? To get grace on a speeding ticket. On a speeding ticket. There you go. <laughs> Sue, that never happened to you, did it? No, I, now I just say grace. Grace, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> grace. All right. All right, something was said back here. To make yourself look good, to cover things up, avoid conflict. To save people's feelings, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. There's the, anything else? To avoid pain. To make people believe something that's not true. Anything else? To hide from yourself. Yeah, you lie to yourself. There's, I mean, we could spend like uh, an extended amount of time just talking about why we lie. And there's many, many reasons why we lie. And, and oftentimes it's an, it's an attempt to uh, cover up or, or, or prevent something from happening or, or maybe uh, guard ourselves from something. I remember I uh, was reminded uh, this weekend as I was preparing of, uh, of a time in high school. I was a senior uh, and sitting in physical science class. And, and I was with uh, some some peers, and there was a, a one student that sat across from the, the aisle from me that that we didn't always really get along. I, I didn't really feel like he treated me the best throughout the, the years of high school. But by my senior year, some of that had gone away, so we were at least able to to associate with each other. And we were sitting in class, his physical science class. I was doing well; he was not doing real well. Uh, and so I would help him, and we, it came to this, this one test. I don't remember what kind of test it was. It was an exam of some sorts, and, and I knew that he was cheating off of me. I knew that he was copying the answers right off my paper. He, I, I, I was fully aware of it, and I didn't you know, no big deal. What, what's it going to hurt if he cheats off me? Uh, like, I'm doing my test. I'm doing what I need to do. I knew the answers. Uh, until a few days later, right, we get a call to the principal's office. 
And the principal was like, hey, you guys were cheating. So what's going on? Why? I don't remember all the details other than I know I was sitting in the principal's office and I know I had a decision to make. Uh, my character was a test, right? What do I do? And, and in that moment, I, I manipulated the truth. I massaged what was going on. I acted like I, I didn't know what was going on. Why is that my fault if he's cheating off my paper? Uh, he took a zero. I got to retake the test. Uh, and so out of a fear and a desire that they were kind of driving me, I was willing to kind of maybe uh, massage what, what, what was actually true uh, in order to protect myself, in order to uh, uh, avoid consequences and, uh, and avoid maybe uh, making myself look like I shouldn't have, like I, did, like I didn't want to look. Uh, however, I realize now that it would have been probably better for me to just be like, hey, you know what, yes, I, I knew he was doing this. He was copying off my paper, but hindsight's twenty twenty. This morning, I want to spend some time uh, spe- talking about just two reasons why we lie. There's two, two things I want to talk about uh, because we don't have time uh, to really unpack all the many reasons why we maybe would, would massage truth and be, be dishonest. The first one I want to talk about is fear. Uh, and this was said uh, uh, here. Fear is, uh, uh, we fear consequences uh, for telling the truth. So we're, we're fearful that if they actually know the truth or if they actually know oh, what I really feel or I'm thinking or what I actually did, that there's going to be consequences that it will be harmful. Think of a, of a young child, right? Uh, as a parent, you, you think of a young child, maybe a two-year-old two who, who is sitting in the kitchen and there's cookies and you say, don't eat the cookies or the candy and walk away and they come back a few minutes later and there's evidence all over their face, right? There's cookie crumbs on their, on their chin and there's candy wrappers on the, on the floor and he's like, hey, did you eat the cookies? And they're like, what do they say? No, I didn't eat any cookies. I didn't, no, I, I didn't. Why did they do that? Because they're, fear, they're fearful of the consequences. They're scared of what mom or dad's going to do when they, when they realize that they ate a cookie. The evidence is all over their face, right? Uh, so we are inclined to lie or tell uh, uh, an untruth in order to guard ourselves from consequences. As you think about Scripture, as you think about the Word of God and, 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 and what's been written for us, what are some, some stories or situations in Scripture that you know where you can tell me that, that you know that people lied in order to guard themselves from consequences? What are, what are some examples? Samson. Samson? Yep. David? Abraham and Sarah? Peter? Rahab? There's... The Jonah, there's lots and lots of, of stories in Scripture. And I think the beauty of that is that God's Word is, is a, a love story to us uh, of God using imperfect people to bring about His, uh, his salvation for us and, and, and His beauty in, in the brokenness, I think, sometimes. And a few that I thought about, they were mentioned, but I'm going to just hit on just briefly, is, is first Genesis 12, Abram and Sarai. All right, this is before Abram's name was changed to Abraham. This is, he was confronted with a situation where he was going to Egypt, right? And he was fearful that if the Egypt, Egyptians knew that Sarai was his wife, that they would see that she's beautiful and they would, they would kill him and take her as their own. And in order to, to uh, avoid consequences and in fear of losing his life, he's willing to say, to, to be dishonest, to massage the truth a little bit. 
and say, hey, Sarah said, hey, I'm your sister, and we'll go and we'll continue living life. And, and there was some little truth in, in the fact that they were, they were related and they could have been considered brother and sister, but she, he, was, he was manipulating the truth a little bit, wasn't he? He was, he was making it sound different than it really was, and he was guarded and he was, he was eventually caught. Not long after, though, he is in another situation, right? Abraham and Sarah, same two individuals, uh, with the king Abimelech. And the same situation where he goes and he's fearful, for, he's fearing that he, the consequences of death may, may happen if they knew she's his wife. So he, he's like, tell him you're my sister again. And, and they go through the situation, they, they get caught, obviously, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're not harmed in any way, but they were asked to, be, to, to leave. The third example I came up with was, was uh, Isaac and Rebekah. And I think the interesting thing about this is Isaac is the son of Abraham and Sarah, right? And he follows their example. And so as parents in this room, this is a challenge for you. Your children are watching, they're learning, they're picking up how you live. And they're going to follow the, the, the acts of character and integrity that you have. And if you are living in a certain way, there's a good possibility they're going to follow that as well. Abra- Isaac and Rebekah, King Abimelech, s- same place. She's my sister. And, and, and he lies in order to protect himself because he's fearful that he's going to lose his life if they find out that she's his wife. So in these examples, we see that uh, fear drove them to manipulate the truth a little bit in order to guard themselves from consequences. The second, exa- second one I want to talk about is desire. Uh, a reason why we sometimes will manipulate the truth or stretch the truth or massage the truth, Photoshop a picture, whatever we may do is because we desire something, right? We desire to receive something. We desire recognition. We desire, we desire uh, many, many likes. This may be in lying on a job resume in order to make yourself look a little bit better so that you can get that job that you really want. It may be that social media post that uh, you maybe just tweak things a little bit in order to look better and get more likes, or you maybe took 35 photos to get the best one uh, in order that you can post it to be this perfect image of what you think you should be. It's a desire that's driving you to maybe to manipulate what the true story is uh, in order to look a certain way. What are some examples in Scripture? where people uh, manipulate the truth or adjust the truth or uh, maybe lie in order to fulfill a desire they're having? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Any others? Did I hear something back there? Saul? Solomon. Okay. David? Yeah, there's, there's many. There's, you probably could say the same story, same ones over that we did the first time around. There's many situations in Scripture where, where, where people will manipulate the truth in order, to re, in order to fulfill a desire they're having. The two that I came up with were David and, and Bathsheba. David, King David, uh, desiring to, to protect his image, his character, and continue to look like uh, he's this, guy, this king that everyone thought he was, who was willing to lie and manipulate the truth and, and deceive people into thinking that he was, didn't do something he actually did. Uh, and and he, he gets caught and, and, and deals with the consequences of that. The second one was Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament in Acts, 
Uh, we know that they sell property and, and they bring it to as an offering and they, they claim to be bringing 100% and when in reality they only brought part, part, part of it. And out of a, maybe a desire to like uh, maybe comfort or concern that they may not have enough to go around, they, they massage the truth, they manipulate the truth, they dece- deceive uh, in order to uh, look a certain way or to, to accomplish a certain thing. And they uh, suffered consequences as well. Where does this all come from? What is the root of this fear and desire and other reasons why we maybe would deceive or manipulate truth? Where does this come from? The devil? Yes, Sean, the devil. The devil, the evil one. At the end of Matthew 5, 37, it says, all other things come from the evil one. The sin, Timmy, yes. So sin that dwells in us, and, and it, it all goes back to the greatest deception, right? And it was when the, the serpent presented Adam and Eve with this option. And, and he's like, hey, did God really say? And if you read Genesis 3 uh, and read the words, that, the words that Satan uses for Adam and Eve, and he manipulates just a little bit, just enough that it, it's like, okay, well, is that really what God said? And he deceives them into uh, taking the fruit. And, and from that point, we as all humankind are now living in a world that has fallen and are, are seeking after. And, and we deal with this desires, this selfishness, this fear, and all the sinfulness that we, that we deal with that drive us then sometimes to, to live lives that don't align with the kingdom life that God calls us to. We think what, 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 math, what Jesus is calling us to is integrity. But first, I want to ask you, so what? Why does it matter if we lie? Why does it matter if we uh, manipulate the image a little bit? Or why does it matter if we like massage numbers a little bit on a, a financial document or a job resume? Does it really hurt anyone? Is it really, is it really harming my neighbor if I, like, I'm just kind of massaging? I think... It, it may not have a direct implication or harm or hurt on someone, but I think what, it's hap- what it does is it, it, it doesn't align with the integrity and character that we're called to when we're called to live lives uh, that are kingdom-focused, that are, that are being changed from the inside out. When the gospel changes us, when Jesus changes our hearts, we then have this desire to live a life that is in alignment with Jesus. And when we are willing to be deceptive or willing to, willing to massage truth a little bit here and there, uh, it then maybe it brings our character and our integrity into question. Uh, C.S. Lewis has the famous quote. Uh, we all know this quote, I'm sure. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one else is watching. So when you are uh, in your, the privacy of your own home, when you're driving in your car, wherever that may be, uh, is your integrity, is your character aligning with what the gospel has, has, says for you to do, what, what the word of God is calling you to do? Are you living a life that, 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 that allows no evidence of, uh, of sin and, and lack of integrity? Jesus is calling us. He says, he says, let your yes be yes, your no be no. All other, all other things are from the evil one. He's calling it right out. He, he knows. Jesus is calling out where the, the sin and the lies and the evil comes from. It comes from the devil. 
And we know through Scripture that, that, that the devil is working hard to bring us down, and he's going to use those little moments to maybe take us off track, to deceive us, to manipulate where we're heading. So when you're living your day-to-day life, when you're filling out those financial documents, when you're posting that social media post, when you're having conversations with the neighbor or the, the, the peer across the hall at, at school, or when you're having those conversations, may the things you say be really what you want them to say. When you say things like, I'll pray for you, and, and, and Eugene Peterson says, when you say, I'll pray for you, may it be what you do. I make it, uh, part of what I do as a youth pastor is pray for a lot of people. And, and, I, and what I encourage you to do, instead of just saying, I'll pray for you, is actually stop and pray for the people. And actually put feet to the ground in those situations so you actually can follow through with what you are saying you will do. So in every situation that you're faced with, are you actually living the life of integrity? Are you living the life that Jesus has called you to do in every moment of every day? I'm going to close this morning's service by reading a few passages of Scripture that speak to the truth. And I think it's important as believers that we turn to the Word of God and use that as our source, as our primary source to understand and know what we should do. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and just listen as I read these few passages, and then I'll close with a word of prayer. Just close your eyes and listen and allow these words to... uh, Come upon you and challenge you and encourage you. Psalms nineteen fourteen. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Ephesians four twenty nine. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Ephesians 4, 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body and the church. Colossians 3, 9 and 10. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds, but put on a new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Psalms 101, verse 2. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will, you, when will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. Proverbs 10, verse 9. People with integrity walk safely. But those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. We know that when Jesus comes into our heart, he brings light. And where there is light, there is no darkness. John 12, 46. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. So that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in darkness. God, you are good. You've sent your son, Jesus, to come into this earth to save us from our sinfulness and brokenness. And you desire that in aligning our, ourselves with you, that we would live lives that would be kingdom-focused, that would be uh, on uh, task and on a desire that would be like, hey, 
I want to tell the truth. I want what my words are to be true no matter what. And God, may we uh, be the people of integrity and character that you call us to be. And so that when we go out into the world and and we may look different, we may uh, be uh, odd to other people, but it doesn't matter because it is in an attempt to be who you've called us to be. May we be a, a, a community who is striving to be more and more like you each day. And may your light that dwells in us shine from the inside out and change us from the inside out. And may you be the one we are seeking after and not fear or desire anything, but only desire you. God, you are good and we love you. We praise you this morning. Just pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.